point your device to Luke chapter 2, starting in verse um, 41 today. Um, the lectionary points us to this story that we have of Jesus' upbringing, one of his childhood stories um, as he goes to the temple for the Passover uh, celebration. Um, so I'll be reading from Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 41. I invite you that are willing and able to please stand out of reverence for the reading of God's word. A reading from the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 41. Each year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to their custom. After the festival was over, they were returning home. But the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't know it. Supposing that he was among their band of travelers, they journeyed on for a full day while looking for him among their family and friends. When they didn't find Jesus, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple. He was sitting among the teachers, listening to them and putting questions to them. Everyone who heard him was amazed by his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw them, they were shocked. His mother said, child, why have you treated us like this? Listen, your father and I have been worried. We've been looking for you. Jesus replied, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he said to them. Jesus went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. His mother cherished every word in her heart. Jesus matured in wisdom and years and in favor with God and with the people. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please have a seat. Every once in a while, um, I tell on myself. <laughs> As a preacher, you get to tell on yourself. You get to admit things about your past. It's kind of fun. It's kind of cathartic. It's kind of embarrassing all in, together in, in one. It's probably not always wise, um, but today I think it's, it's appropriate. Today we have this story of Jesus being left at the temple. Let me ask you this question. Were you ever left as a child? Were you ever left somewhere? Have you ever been the one doing the leaving? Oops, where did the child go? Um, I have. This is the part where I tell on myself. Um, I do remember one time, um, I, I, was, I was being courteous, I was being a gentleman, um, and I dropped my wife off at the door of the store once. We had just had a baby. I won't tell you, I can't tell you which, I can't remember. Um, but Lynn had piled out of the car with the kids, and I went and parked, and I caught up to her in the store. And her first question was, uh, where's the baby? Um, boom, I was off back to the parking lot really quick. Um, parents don't do this. Um, but I can say I relate a little bit to Mary and Joseph in this story. The baby was fine. It wasn't a hot day. We were okay. It was not a long time. It was too long, but not a long time. Um, but I can re relate to Mary and Joseph. That panic, that, that urgency. Uh, it wasn't three days. It says after three days, Mary and Joseph found Jesus. Um, but I can relate a little bit. This is the only text that we get of Jesus' childhood, of Jesus' growing up years in any of the Gospels. 
this is the only one that we get. Now, there are some stories in other Gospels that didn't quite make the cut. I don't know if you've heard any of these. Um, there's the story of Jesus turning clay pigeons into real pigeons. Um, that one didn't make the cut. Uh, there was one where he was a carpenter, and his, his father had been commissioned to make this chair or this couch, and the board wasn't long enough, and Jesus was like, it's okay, I got this. And he stretched the board to make it fit. Those stories didn't quite make the canon, didn't quite make the Bible or the, the widely agreed set of, of books that comprise the New Testament. But in that sense, this is totally a Christmas text because it talks about Jesus as a child. It's perfect for the first Sunday after Christmas. Jesus is here. Jesus is presented as a growing young man these early years. And the season of Christmas just really kind of belongs to the kids, right? I mean, what joy do kids bring at Christmas? We had paper flying and ribbons and cardboard like and chickens that made the stockings. They were flying too, rubber chickens that fit on the end of your fingers. Um, but Christmas really is the season for kids. And, and the writer of the gospel does a couple of things here as he talks about Jesus in his growing up years. The first thing that stands out to me and is really captured um, in the close of this reading is that he begins, the gospel writer begins to link Jesus and his ministry and his growing up years to an Old Testament text. I don't often do this, but I, I want to read a, a secondary text for you as we go through um, the sermon this morning. Um, we spent time in November talking about the books of First and Second Samuel. We spent two, two weeks, one that kind of started First Samuel and one that kind of closed out Second Samuel. But in, for in, in November, we checked in on, with First Samuel, the first chapter of First Samuel. Uh, do you remember? There's a woman named Hannah who was bereft because she couldn't conceive a child. And the priest, who I kind of made a joke of being lazy sitting by the door, um, assumed the worst, kind of gave her a hard time. And she told her story and her woes and said, I've cried out to God, I, I just want to have a child. I've, I've been mocked and been shamed for my inability. Well, the priest blessed her. And she gave birth to Samuel, and she gave him over to Eli to serve the Lord. Eli was the priest to serve the Lord. And in chapter 2, we read a little bit more about Samuel's story and Hannah's story. Let me read this to you. This is from 1 Samuel chapter 2. But Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Each year, his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Eli would bless Elkanah, that's Hannah's husband, and his wife Hannah, saying, May the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. Skipping down to verse 26, I believe it says, And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. I read the NIV. I think that was the common English up on the screen. But did you hear the connection? The connection, the, the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. And what had we read about Jesus? Verse 52, Jesus matured in wisdom and years and in favor with God and with people. 
Jesus early on becomes this fulfillment of what God was already doing, what Yahweh was already doing in the Israelite people in the Old Testament. And there's this linking between who Jesus was and who Jesus was meant to be and the work that God had already done in the Old Testament. Not only does Jesus fulfill this role of Messiah, but these connections begin to appear where God's movement of the Old Testament begins to relate to what Christ is doing in the world, to line up and for them to begin to see Jesus as the fulfillment of God's promises. The second thing we see the gospel writing doing here, the gospel writer doing here in, in the book of Luke uh, is one of the distinctives of the gospel of Luke. Um, we've just entered year C of the, of the lectionary cycle. So the church calendar year starts at the beginning of Advent and runs all the way through kind of towards the end of, end of November. Um, but we just broke into year C at the beginning of Advent. And the gospel readings for this year will come from the gospel of Luke. We'll, we'll likely hear a lot about, about Luke. Um, but in Luke, the temple has this important and recurring role in the work and the ministry of Jesus Christ. Uh, and you can already see it. You can see it in, in the texts that have already happened in, in the Gospel of Luke. Um, according to this Gospel, Zechariah serves as a priest. Jesus was circumcised according to the custom in the Gospel of Luke. Um, he's presented at the temple again a month later. And who do we find there? We find Simeon and Anna who celebrate, who recognize Jesus even as an infant and say, this is the child that we have been waiting for. Where does this all happen? It happens at the temple. That, that this was a normal part of, of Mary and Joseph's worship rhythm. It says every year they came back to Passover. So whether or not Jesus had come with them, his 12th birthday would have been a significant milestone for the Jewish community. We don't know. But on this 12th trip to the temple for Passover, that Jesus was with him, was with them. Jesus had come to the temple to learn, to listen, to ask questions. And he got so caught up, he spent three days without his parents there, interacting without the temple or with the temple teachers without his parents throughout the gospel we will see jesus return to the temple encouraging worshipers and gaining followers and making enemies and stirring the pot with religious leaders that had gotten their focus off of what is so important to the gospel that he was preaching the temple would play this key role in jesus's life uh, as he early identifies it in this text, as what? What did he call the temple? My father's house. You should have known I would have been in my father's house. Mary had just asked him a question about his father, and Jesus, very early on, at 12 years of age, redefines the role of father in his life. Why did you do this to your, your, to your father and I, Mary says. And he says, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? Not to disrespect Joseph, not, not to, to shame him, but to chart his path a, different, a little differently. 
to chart the path of his life a little different than what was normal and what was expected. There was one commentator that I read that said, this marked the day where Jesus began to live his life a little differently in awareness of a seed that was planted that day or those days as he spoke with those temple teachers. I think there's a lesson in there for us as a church this Christmas season, that it's so vital, it's so important uh, for us to be connected, that that our interconnectedness is is critical. It's here in this the community of faith, that Jesus was allowed to speak his questions, to ask those, those things that he had been pondering. Obviously, his mind had, had wondered what was going on and what was life like and, and how did this faith thing work? And he was allowed to share in dialogue with the teachers, with the elders, with the folks that had been around for a little while longer than he had. You know, it's a powerful moment when we see generations mixing and interacting together. A a lot of times in our culture, uh, that doesn't happen very naturally or very normally, maybe maybe in family gatherings. And yet outside of that, when do the young mix with the old? When are we allowed to ask questions of one another, to learn from someone younger than I am, to learn from someone younger? older and wiser and more seasoned than I am. You know, we intentionally did this over the Advent season on our Wednesday nights. We called it Advent Conversations. Um, And it was a little beautiful. It was a little weird. It was a little beautiful at the same time because we don't normally make space for that. We don't normally take time to do that. But perhaps in those moments was, was the place where someone noticed in Jesus and, and took time to speak to him and to answer his questions and to listen to the questions and the teaching that he had for those religious leaders that he was meeting with. It happens today, too. That perhaps in, in those moments, someone sees in a young person something that had gone unidentified. Mary's response after Jesus came back was interesting. <laughs> Verse 50 says this, they didn't understand what he said to them. Mary and Joseph had missed it. And yet Jesus went back with them to, to work with alongside Joseph to, to help him in the carpenter shop. And yet I think it's those moments where we're allowed to ask questions and we're allowed to explore that spark in us sometimes a hunger and a desire to know more about God and to know more about faith. I mentioned earlier Simeon and Anna. I think some of us need to remember it was Simeon and Anna who were the ones gifted with insight, who first spoke to Mary without Mary saying anything about what the angel had said when he came to visit her, without any prompting, had come up to this baby and spoken to Mary and Joseph's life about the baby that they had brought. 
into the house of worship. You know, there's power when the church family gathers. There's power when we're connected in deep and significant ways. When we know each other's names. We look each other in the eye and say, what's God doing in your life today? How have you grown? How can we walk together? And my hope, my hope and my plea this year and in the years to come is that we could live into that as a church family. That we could would know each other, that we would see each other to listen and learn and to ask questions of one another and speak into one another's life. I pray that that would be your prayer when you come to church. I pray that would be your prayer when you come to church, that you would expect that today and every day that we're able to gather because that's a powerful, powerful thing. I'm going to ask as we close the service today uh, for the praise team and the servers to come forward. Um, perhaps there's no power, more powerful moment um, in our gatherings than when Jesus invites us to gather around the table of communion. It's in this remembrance that we're acutely aware of what Christ has done for us and that we all need his grace, that we all need what Christ has done for us and that none of us merit or deserve this gift or even this invitation. And yet, despite that, Jesus says, come. Come to the table. Come with what you have. It's like this picture of, of being invited to, to Christmas dinner. And, and everyone kind of brings what they have and we come with our little sack lunch. And God takes what we have and places it in the center of table amidst the spread of food that he has already prepared for us and says, this table is for you, has been set for you. The invitation has been given. Now, we, 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 we practiced communion. We had this uh, offering on Christmas Eve service this year. And we're doing it again this morning intentionally. For the grace of God does not run out, does not run dry. His invitation is steady and always is there. In this church, we practice what is called open communion. In uh, open communion, basically what that means is if you are a follower of Christ, if you've chosen to follow Jesus, then you are welcome to celebrate communion with us. Um, we have two ways that we serve communion. We have prepackaged elements. If you're interested in, in having those, you can approach the person holding the cup and just take one of those prepackaged elements. There's wafer and juice in there. You can return to your seat and serve yourself. We also ha take communion by intinction, where we take the bread um, and dip it in the juice and partake of the elements right there. If you wish to do that, um, approach the person holding the plate and extend your hands and we'll place um, uh, a piece of bread in your hands that's gluten-free if you have sensitivities there as well. It was on the night that Jesus was betrayed that he gathered in the upper room with his disciples. And after giving thanks, he took the bread and broke it and gave it to them, saying, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you do this, remember me. Likewise, after the meal, he took the cup 
And he gave thanks and he offered it to them, saying, take and drink. This is the blood, this is my blood poured out for the new covenant for the salvation of many. As often as you do this, remember me. The table is set. The invitation is given. Come and dine. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us. And have a great week.